0: If you are uh, a guest with us this morning, I'm going to welcome you once again to uh, Providence Road. My name is Blake Hilgenfeld, one of the pastors here, and we are very grateful and thankful that you're here with us um, as we continue through our series on the book of Romans. And so if you have a Bible, uh, I invite you to turn with me to Romans chapter 13, Romans 13. We're going to be in verses 11 through 14 this morning. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There's one uh, on your seat, the seat next to you. Uh, The verses will eventually be on the screen as well. Uh, But I do encourage you to open up maybe a physical Bible, get an app on your phone, Romans 13. Now, let me just say this before we start. I am actually going to skip verses 8 through 10, which we will come back to in a couple of weeks. Uh, But starting next week, we're going to start a new series uh, called Pursue. Now, uh, as we have been praying for us as as a church in this season Uh, that we are in as a church, this one word uh, has kind of been coming back and back and and, and been laid upon our hearts, uh, this word pursue. Because ultimately, what we desire, what we want to be as a people is that we want to be a church that in many ways can be summed up in this one word, uh, pursue. We want to be a a people who passionately pursue intimacy with our Heavenly Father and Son and Holy Spirit through word and prayer. Like we want to be a people who passionately pursue worship, where worship uh, is not just something that we do on Sundays, but it becomes all of life. We, we want to be a, a people who, who passionately pursue each other, the body of Christ. How, how do we care for each other's souls really, really well? And, and how do we care for each other's physical and, and emotional needs? And, and, and we desire also to be this people who, who, who desperately want to pursue the good of the city by declaring and demonstrating the gospel in all of life. And so we're going we're gonna to take some time over the next few weeks and, and dive into this word pursue and, and see how uh, we as a people can be uh, kind of compared or kind of be uh, uh, shaped by this word pursue to where we pursue the Lord together, we pursue each other, and we pursue the good of the city. So that's going to that's gonna be our focus in the next uh, few weeks. But this morning, we get the joy of continuing in our series, in Romans, and really look uh, deeper at, uh, at what Paul tells us in this chapter of how we are to live in light of the salvation that we have received in Christ. So let's look at verse 11. Let's read it together. Verse 11, Paul says this He says, Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep.
1: Let's pray. Father, we, we come to you this morning. And honestly, uh, Father, we come to you with, with heavy hearts. As we, as we look at the world around us, Father, it seems that evil and hatred are winning. as we watch your creation hate and kill simply because the color of someone's skin. It grieves us, Father. And we ask you right now that your kingdom will come. May your kingdom come. Father, may your kingdom come. For we know that in your kingdom there is no hatred. There is no pride, there is no racism,
0: there is no discrimination, but there is love, there is unity, there is oneness, all because your Son, Jesus, makes us one, one with each other and one with you. So Father, we know that there will come a day when your salvation will finally come and your redeemed people will sit around your banquet table and we will not see the color of people's skins the way that some of us see them today. But all races and tongues and tribes will be united as one in one voice praising and worshiping you, our Savior, in one voice of love. But until then, Father, may your people live in light. May we live in light of the salvation that we have received in you. Father, may we repent of our indifference. May we repent even if we find ourselves being racist and discriminatory this morning, Father. May we repent and may we be a
1: people who are united together as one. One in love for each other, for your creation, for your people, for all races, for all tongues, for all tribes.
0: May we live in light of the salvation that we have received in you and the salvation that will one day come. May we be a people who reflect you and reflect your kingdom
1: in all of life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In his his book... The Ferocious
0: Longing of God, the author of this book, Brennan Manning, he tells this story of a guy named Larry Mullaney. Now, now, Brennan said that by our cultural standards today, the world would have called Larry ugly. Larry was short and he was extremely obese. He had a, uh, a terrible uh, case of acne and he had a, a bad lisp. He uh, he wore the uniform of the day, which was a T-shirt that had him in wash into Spanish American War. He wore jeans with a uh, a nice butterfly in the back of his jeans. He he wore no shoes. Uh, if you're from you, if you're from that time period, you kind of know what I'm talking about as far as that dress back in probably the '60s and '70s. Now. Uh, Brennan goes on to say that he had never met someone with such a high uh, sense of self-hatred towards himself. When, when Larry looked in the mirror, he would spit at the mirror. And so needless to say, Larry uh, would thought that uh, no, no girl would ever date him, no fraternity on campus would ever accept him. Uh, but he went home one Christmas to Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, Larry's father was a well put together man, like even at the dinner table, Larry's father would wear a pinstripe suit, he always had a starch white shirt on, and so here comes Larry to the dinner table, smelling like a goat, and, uh, and here starts the, the same conversation that Larry had been accustomed to, the, the conversations of disappointment in the way in which Larry looked. And so uh, a few days later, Larry tells his dad that he needs to go back to school. And so the next morning, uh, Larry and his dad get on a, on a, on a bus uh, to go to the airport. And so they, they get off the bus because Larry has to catch a second bus to go uh, to the airport. And as they do, there are six men standing across the street taking a break from a factory in which they worked in. And these guys start making fun of Larry. One of the guys says, oink. Oink. Look at that pig. I tell you, if that pig was my kid, I'd hide him in the basement. I'd be so embarrassed. And another guy said, I wouldn't. If that kid was my slob, I'd kick him outside of the house so fast he wouldn't know if he was on foot or horseback. And another one just cried out. He said, hey, pig, give us your
1: best oink. But at that moment, for the first time in Larry's life, Larry's father
0: reached out and embraced him. And kissed him on the lips. And he said to Larry, he said, Larry, if, my, if your mother and I live to be 200 years old, it wouldn't be long enough for us to thank God for the gift that he has given to us in you. We are so proud. I am so proud that you are my son. So Larry goes back to school, cleans himself up the best he could. Miracle of miracles. Larry starts dating this girl He becomes president of one of the fraternities. He graduated uh, with a 4.2 grade point average, the highest to ever graduate from that college. He goes on for 20 years to be a missionary in South America. It was this embrace. It It was these words of his father that radically transformed Larry. Why? Because what we believe to be true about us affects and transforms the way that we live. And so knowing and hearing and believing who we are in Christ should change the way that we live today. Hearing what the Heavenly Father says to be true about us as a result of being in His beloved Son should awaken our hearts this morning and it should transform the way that we live today. In our passage this morning, we are called to wake up and hear the Father's voice. We are called to wake up and live in light of the salvation that we have, that we have received. And it's knowing who we are in Christ. And it's hearing the Father's voice. That transforms our lives and it changes the way that we live today. Because listen very carefully, there is no greater voice than the voice of the Father that will awaken our hearts this morning and will transform the way that we live, who we are, and God's promises that He makes to us. This future grace that He gives us changes us and transforms us.
1: So, are you guys ready to hear the voice of the Father? Let's look. Let's hear. Let's be
0: dependent upon the Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear this morning and hear the Father's voice that we may be changed and transformed as a result of hearing our Father's voice. Look at verse 11. Paul says this, he says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is near to us now than when we first believed. Now there are two words in the Greek for time. All right, so These two words are chronos and kairos. Now, chronos uh, refers to clock time. It's where we get uh, the word chronological. So chronos can be measured in, in, in seconds and minutes, hours, days, months, and years. And if we stop for just a moment and think about this, most of us live in the chronos. All right, so we live by the clock. Many of us, most of the time in our lives, we are enslaved by the clock. We, we live by our schedules. We, we live uh, in the tomorrow. We worry about days that aren't even here yet. You with me? And it's pretty exhausting, isn't it? It's exhausting because we feel the weight of everything that we need to get done But we feel this weight and pressure that we don't have enough time to actually get all the things that we need to get done. You know what I'm saying? Or we live in the next season. Because the next season is always going to be better, right? I mean, I I can't wait till my kids sleep throughout the night. That I won't be such a zombie. I won't be so exhausted. I won't be so frustrated and i actually can begin functioning the way that i want to function today but it's going to be this future thing that takes place once i can sleep well now i can actually function correctly or i can't wait till i get married then i won't be so lonely or i can't wait till i get a better job then i then i won't be so frustrated but what happens when we live in the chronos seconds turn into days days turn into weeks And weeks turn into months, and before you know it, our kids are walking, or they start kindergarten on Thursday, or they're out of the house. In a blink of an eye, you're starting as a freshman at OU, or you got one semester left before you graduate. And so if we stop and we begin to think about this, we begin to think about, man, where did all the time go? Where did it go? And what did I do? Did I I make a difference in the lives of others? Who did I invest in? How did I pursue intimacy with the Lord? Did I really live? Now, I don't know about you, but when I stop and I begin to reflect on the Kronos and how I always live in the Kronos, I am deeply, deeply convicted and grieved. Because when I begin to think about that and process that, I mean, the time that I've wasted on pointless entertainment and technology. You with me? I mean, the, the, the time of, of, of wanting to be somewhere else and not even present with my wife and kids. The urgency that I feel to get it all done, which has kept me from pursuing my first priority and my f- first love, God Himself. I mean, the pressure I feel to be somewhere else Rather being present with a brother and sister in Christ who desperately just needs someone to be present with them, someone to be a listening ear, someone just to, have, to, to, to touch them. But I am just living somewhere else of all the things that I need to get done. I mean, the time that I've spent wasting, make a name for myself, building my own kingdom instead of seeking first the kingdom of God. Listen very carefully. Living in the chronos, living in the tomorrow, living in the next season of life does not bring life. What does it bring? It brings anxiety and it brings stress. And and it brings this weight that we were never ever meant to carry. And more importantly, living in the Kronos actually brings us to this place where, guys, we totally miss out on how God wants to use us today because we're so busy living in the tomorrow, living in the Kronos. And it brings us to this place where, guys, we totally miss out on enjoying the gracious gifts that God gives us today. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. And it brings us to this place where we missed out on enjoying the gift of God's salvation that He gives to us. Because, you see, listen very carefully, living in the Kronos brings us to this place where we actually stop listening to the Father's voice and who He says we are in Christ and the future promises that that He makes to us. We forget. We forget who we are. We forget His future promises. And before you know it, our identity is just shot. We don't know who we are anymore, and we forget His promises, and then we begin to worry, we begin to, to try to control our lives, we begin to feel out of control, so then we got to go, gotta live in the Kronos to be able to make it all up." And we totally miss who we are. We're not even listening to the Father's voice anymore this, anymore. But guys, here comes God's grace to us this morning. You ready for it? It comes to us in the word that Paul uses for time here, which is kairos, which means quality time or the time is now. Now, not tomorrow, now. You see, God is calling us to wake up this morning and he's calling us, he's calling us back to reality. He's calling us to say the time is now, the time to live, the time to be really alive. It's Kairos, it's right now. And His grace is calling us to wake up from our spiritual slumber and to pursue Him when? Today, right now, in the Kairos. He's calling us, guys, to stop and not worry about tomorrow, not worry about the Chronos, the, 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 the but to stop right now and to listen to the sweetness of His voice. He's calling us back to reality to hear who we really are in Christ. He's calling us back to right now to hope in his future promises for tomorrow. He's calling us not look to not look to the next season, to not look to the 21st when school will start and you're already feeling anxiety and stress because of it. And us who have you know kids who are starting kindergarten on Thursday, man, like we're,
1: our, our babies are growing up. They're out of the house. Not really, but it feels like that. A wake-up call for us right now to live right now. That's Kairos. This week,
0: I got home, and I was extremely exhausted. So I lay down on the couch, and I heard my son Davis playing in, the, in Legos in the other room. And all of a sudden, here comes this word, Kairos. I'm like, Holy Spirit, no. Not right now, Right? I want to lay here. I don't want to get up, but here comes this word, Kairos, and the Holy Spirit calls me and wakes me up to get off the couch and go into my son's room and play Legos with him. So I get up, I go in this room, I lay down on the floor, and I begin to create these little Lego men. And I begin, you know, fighting each other. And I look up, and I look at my son, and he has the biggest smile on his face. You see, I don't have much time.
1: I don't have much time to play Legos with my seven-year-old son. Today's the day, right now. But you see, here's what I forget. This story is not about me.
0: Though I was consumed with myself as I was laying on the couch, which actually was was what made it so difficult for me to get off the couch. I was so consumed with
1: myself. The truth about Kairos is that it's not about us. It's about the Father. And me being present with my Son... Made my son happy, but you know what it did?
0: It ultimately showed him that the heavenly father, his heavenly father loves to be present with him. You see, the lie of Kronos, it makes life about you and me. If you live in the tomorrow, if you live in the next season of life, what are you doing? You are totally consumed with self, right? But the Kairos wakes us up and makes everything about the father. Do you know that Jesus was never in a hurry? Why?
1: Because his time he knew belonged to his father and he made his time about the father and that's what kairos does it wakes us up to the reality
0: that guy's life isn't about you it's not about me it's not about
1: us it's about pursuing the father when today right now kairos wakes us up
0: in pursuing our spouses and kids and friends and family and relationship. It calls us to wake up right now and pursue brothers and sisters in Christ in this church who need someone to be present, who need a listening ear, who need some help, who need some really good soul care, and we're being present today. It calls us and wakes us up. To people in our lives who do not know Christ, who do not know the salvation that He brings, and it calls us up to speak, to speak the news about Jesus to Him. It calls us to wake us up to seek first His kingdom above all things. That's what Kairos does. It wakes us up to live in light of our salvation
1: today. Because what does He say in verse 11? Our salvation is what? It's drawing near. It's coming, guys.
0: Salvation in this sense is God's final accomplishment in history through Jesus Christ. The one day that Christ is coming for us, guys, He's coming. He's alive. He sits at the Father's right hand, and He promises to one day come and restore ba- everything back to the way in which it was meant to be. The one day is coming when God is going to come and make all things new. You tired of of the struggle of sin today? One day he's coming back, the presence of sin, no more. The evil around us today will finally be eliminated. Guys, there will be no more fear of nuclear threats. There'll be no more hatred that causes people to
1: get in a car and mow people down because of the skin color. No more. The day is coming. It's drawing near. The pain will no, the mourning and pain will cease.
0: The day our hearts long for will finally be in the presence of the one who loves us the most and the one that we love the most, God Himself. That day is coming when we get to enjoy Him forever. It's right around the corner. When God promises to make us new, he makes us beautiful. He's going to make us into the image of Jesus who we so desperately want to be. That day is coming when we see him, we'll
1: become like him and his perfection is coming. But he's calling us today, right now, to live in light of who we are. To live in light
0: of this salvation, to live in light of who we are today and who we one day will become, what remains for us today, right now, is to dress like it and live
1: like it, to live like who we are in Christ. Not not tomorrow, not, not the next season of life,
0: in the kairos, in the today. Now, what does this look like? What does it look like To live in light of our salvation. What does it look like to live in light of who we are now in Christ? How do we actually live that out? Look at verse 12. Paul says, "...the night is far gone and the day is at hand. So then, as a result, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light." Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Now, listen very carefully. The question we need to ask is, what is the armor of light? Right. So he says, in light of the salvation that is near, we are to cast off the works of darkness and we are to put on the armor of light. We are to put on Christ. Now, I think that we find the answer to this question in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8. Now, let me just read it to you. It's Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. He says this, But since you belong to the day, all right? So if you're in Christ, he's talking to you, you are already a children of the day, all right? You're already in Christ, uh, uh, 1 Peter 2.9 says you've already been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So you are a child of the day. You are a child of light. Then how do you live? Let us be sober. Having put on the breastplate of what? Faith, love, and for the hel- helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, so whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. So the armor of light is what? It's faith, love, and hope. And we are called to put this on. Now, what does that look like? How, how do we actually put on faith? Well, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing, right? Right? So, we are to put on the armor of light. We are to put on Christ by reading and listening to the Word of God about Christ. So, how do you know who you are in Christ? How do you know what the Father says to be true about you in Christ? It comes from what? It comes from His Word, it comes from the Bible. Listen, Larry heard the voice of his father, and he did what? He trusted what he said, and he put on the truth of what he said. So, what are you struggling to believe this morning? Maybe, maybe you struggle to, uh, for a sense of belonging. Maybe you're an incoming uh, freshman at OU, and, and, and you're, you're kind of having this identity crisis a little bit, and you're, and you're kind of struggling of, of, where is my sense of belonging? Or maybe this morning, for whatever reason, you're struggling with a sense of worth. Like, where are you finding your value? Where are you finding your worth? Maybe you feel a little worthless this morning. Or maybe
1: like Larry, you've never had a father who ever said to you, I'm proud of you. And all your life, you have been longing to hear those words from your dad. I'm proud of you. Whatever you're struggling to believe this morning, if you are in Christ, what do you do? You go to the Word of God. You
0: go to your Heavenly Father's voice, His Word, which says over you this morning so that you can hear, because of Christ, if you are in my Son, you belong to me. You belong to me. You struggling with a sense of belonging? You struggling with, to, to find uh, maybe some friends or a sense of identity? Well, listen to the Father's voice, which says, because you are in my Son, you belong to me now and forevermore. Let your value and worth be found in belonging to the God of all creation. See that? And then you put it on. Maybe you're struggling with with being a little worthless or, or maybe struggling with value. Go to the Father's voice. Go to his word, which says, because you are in my Son, you are my daughter in whom I deeply love and
1: value. You have the value now in being a child of the God of all creation. That's
0: where you find your value and worth. Or do you struggle with, you want to hear these words, I'm proud of you? Then because of, the, of Christ, because you are in his son, go to the Father's voice and
1: says, because you are in my son, I am well pleased with you. Proud of you. And you put it on. You put it on and you dress on. You put your new identity on. This is who you
0: are in Christ. You put it on today and you keep it on. How? By continuing as you go throughout the day by listening and thinking and meditating and speaking these truths, speaking the Father's voice to your own soul. Some people say it is like preaching the gospel to yourself. You take the Father's voice and you place it upon yourself and you speak it to your soul. Does that make sense? How do do we put on love? Where does love come from? Well, love comes from the love of God. So what do we do? We put on the armor of light. We put on Christ by tasting and seeing and remembering the love that God has for us and that he has displayed for us
1: in his son, Jesus Christ, and we put it on. You um, think that you're unlovable this morning? Do you struggle to to be loved? Do you long to be loved? What do you do? What voice are
0: you going to go to? You go to your heavenly father's voice. If you're in Christ and you hear, you have not loved me. You've not loved me. In fact, you have loved other things more than me. You have loved my creation more than me. You've gone to their voice for acceptance and love and you haven't come to my voice for acceptance and love and you've made these things idols and you've gone to them to worship them. You have not loved me, but I have loved you. And I sent my son to be the propitiation for your sin. I sent my son to be the sacrifice for your sin. I sent my son to redeem you and save you, to provide the opportunity for forgiveness, that I may be the just and the justifier
1: of those who have faith in Christ Jesus. You did not love me, but I loved you. And you put it on. You put on the
0: voice of Jesus, which says to his father in John 17, Jesus says to his father, you have loved
1: them even as you have loved me. Now let's stop there just for a second. Think about that for a moment.
0: Jesus says to his father that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Now replace them with your name. If you are in Christ, them are the disciples of Jesus that are going to come after these disciples. Them is you if you're in Christ. So put your name in there. Jesus says to his father, You have loved Shanae, even as you have loved me. You have loved Chuck, even as you have loved me. You have loved Kim, even as you have loved me. You have loved
1: Rob, even as you have loved me. And let that just, man, do you see what that means? That Jesus is saying, Father, as you have loved me, you love them. Think about that for a moment. That because you are in Christ, the same love that the Father has for His Son is on you. I don't see a lot of smiles on your faces. That should wake us up, amen? amen. That should waken our hearts. That
0: should, that should waken us, and that should actually change us. Why? Because that love radically changes our hearts. The love of the Father that he has for us, even as he has for His son, Jesus, should transform us and wake us up to live in light of who we are in Christ, amen? Now, how do we put on hope? What is hope? Hope is his future promises that he makes to all of us in Christ. And so we put on on the armor of light, We we put on Christ by remembering and clinging to his future grace that he promises us. So God has made all these promises to us in Christ, these future promises of grace, and we cling to those things. That's our hope. So listen, stay with me. Do you live in the tomorrow? Do you live in the Kronos because you feel like
1: you need to control your life today? Some of us who have control idols, right? That's us. Or...
0: You worry about tomorrow because you feel like you can't control the things in your life today. That's typically why we live in the Kronos. Response, today, right now, you put on the hope of the future promises of God, which says, guys, Father says, don't be anxious about your life. Look at the birds of the sky. Don't I provide for them? Don't I feed them? And aren't you more valuable than they are? Yes, you are. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about your life. Instead, he says, Seek first my kingdom and righteousness above all things, and all these things will be added to you. Listen, does your, does your, uh, does your health, does your future health cause you to worry about tomorrow? Or maybe your struggle with sin today, you are tired and you're exhausted and you feel like you can't go on any longer to, to fight the sin in your life and you just want things to be over. Listen. You put on the hope of the
1: future promises of God which says your perfect health is one day going to come. Your freedom from sinning and your desire to be like Christ will one day come. It's just around the corner.
0: Hang on, cling to this promise that his salvation is coming. He's coming, he's coming, He's coming. Your perfect health, your perfect freedom from sinning, whatever you desire within you to be like Jesus, the promise of salvation is coming. It's just around the corner. So you put it on. You put on the truth of the Father. I got you. Your future is mine. I am in, I'm the one in control of your future. You don't have to be down. I'm the one in control of your future so that you don't have to be in control of it today. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because the God of all creation, the sovereign king, has everything according to his plan held in his hand in your life.
1: You can rest today in the Kairos. Why? His future grace is all over you. Now, you ready to get deeper? How does this, how does this thing get kind of into
0: our hearts and not only hearts, but he says very clearly that we are to cast off the works of darkness. Okay, So how does living uh, in faith, hope, and love, how does putting on the armor of light, putting on Christ, actually free us to cast off the works of darkness? How does, it actually, how does the voice of, of the Father saying to us who we are free us to not give into the things that Paul lays out in these works of darkness? All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some examples, all right? And I'm going I'm to base them off the examples that Paul gives here in this text for us to flee from or to cast off. So the first thing I'm going to do is look at alcohol. And I'm going I'm to kind of tell you a little bit of my story of why I turned to alcohol and drunkenness. Now, there are many reasons why people turn to alcohol and why they turn to drunkenness for myself, like Larry I longed for acceptance. But I believed that no one would truly accept me as I am or as I was. So, alcohol gave me this. I looked at alcohol because what did it do? It freed me from actually giving a rip about what people thought about me, and it freed them to to be whoever I wanted to be. And to be honest with you, people love them some party Blake. All right? And the truth is, I love that they love me. I love that they accepted me because this this is what I craved. I lived with Chuck for a year. He knows my story. He knows it too well. But I longed for this acceptance, and what did alcohol do? It gave me that, at least that's what I thought. And so before you know it, alcohol became my functional savior. It became my idol. But here's the deal. Alcohol is no savior. Because it can never truly satisfy the desire for acceptance. But I thought it did, so what did I have to do? I went back to it over and over and over and over again to satisfy this desire for acceptance. But one day, guys, I heard the most amazing news. That through the person and work of Jesus Christ, that God offers His acceptance and His love for me just as I am. I heard this news that I did not now have to pretend for God like I did like I had to pretend for everyone else. And the most amazing thing is, is that God met me in my filth. He met me in my stench. He met me eating with the pigs. And he promised something that alcohol could never give me and what I was looking for all of my life. And that was the everlasting love and acceptance of him through his son, Jesus Christ. He didn't meet me and tell me as I used to believe and thought that he told me is that, I had, that he would accept me based on this one condition that I go and clean myself up first. That I at first must become the person that I knew he wanted me to be and, and knew that I was supposed to be, but I never could become. But I turned to him and he came running after me. He came running after me in my stench and my sin and my guilt and, and my shame, all of that, and he embraced me, and he welcomed me as his own by uniting me to His Son Jesus Christ. And so as a result, I put on faith. I put on this love and acceptance of the Father and I cast it off drunkenness because you know what? I didn't want drunkenness anymore because I got what I, what I was looking for all of my life and love and acceptance in Jesus. And now I was free. I didn't need that anymore. So if this describes you today, if you are looking to alcohol for whatever, if loneliness or trying to kill your pain or love and acceptance, you look to Jesus Christ because he offers you and he's the only one who offers you this love and acceptance and his presence that will free
1: you from all things and you cast off drunkenness and you put on Christ. Sorry, I get a little heated. It's good news, man. Right? Or maybe this morning you're a frustrated wife who's married to a man who doesn't embrace you and maybe
0: he was never taught how to be affectionate and tender. Listen, don't fantasize about Mr. Perfect, Mr. Compassionate, Mr. Tender, Mr. Mr. Have-it-all-together.
1: Or maybe you're a single female in here whose father, I'm sorry to say this, never cherished you, never noticed you, never delighted in you. Listen, don't give your body away to some guy who you think will satisfy your
0: longing to be wanted and cherished. Don't do it. Instead, you put on Christ. You put on the loveliness. Just like Larry, you put on the loveliness, not of the earthly father, but of the heavenly father. Listen, do you long to be cherished? And if you are in Christ this morning, if if you're a woman in here and you are in Christ, then Zephaniah 3 is all of yours this morning because of who you are in Christ. Today in the Kairos, this is yours now. That he rejoices over you this morning with gladness. He rejoices over you. Like the Father that you've longed for, like the Father that you have that you that you did not have, the father that you longed for to cherish you and rejoice over you and, and to find to find acceptance in, and love in. The Heavenly Father rejoices over you today. He will rejoice over you, guess what? Tomorrow? And he'll promise to rejoice over you for all of eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. If you are in Christ, you are a daughter. You are a daughter whose Heavenly Father rejoices over you today. And no earthly man can give you
1: this delight and rejoice that your Heavenly Father can give to you this morning. Put it on. Put it on. Like the beautiful dress that it is. You put it on. You long to be loved?
0: Then put on His love, which Zephaniah 3 says, that He will quiet your longing to be loved. How? By His love for you. If you are in
1: Christ, listen very carefully, daughter. He has loved you in Christ before the foundation of the world. And he gave you to
0: his son to purchase you to become his prized possession. And he will never stop loving you. And one day you will finally taste and see when he comes back that he's loved you all along. And your heart will finally be fully satisfied. You put it on. Put it on right now. Put it on today not tomorrow, not the next season of life, when you think that you have it all together or someone to cherish you or whatever in the future, the Father cherishes and delights in you today. Cherished, what does that mean? Long for that? Zephaniah 3, Father sings over you. He exalts over you with loud singing this morning. He sings over you today like those love songs did you find yourself driving the car and you wish, man, I would, I, love, I would give anything for someone to sing this to me? To sing over me? Your heavenly father sings his love song over you today and tomorrow and for the rest of your life here on earth. And the new heavens and the new earth, he will continue to sing his love song over you. He will never stop singing his love over you. This is yours in Christ.
1: So you put it on today. You put on that love. You put on his delight. Again, like this beautiful dress that makes
0: you beautiful. His love makes you beautiful. It's he that makes you beautiful. It's his voice saying over you in Christ, I love you. You're my child. You're my precious possession. You speak the words of the Father to your soul, even now. Speak it to your soul. Speak it to your heart, ladies. If you're in Christ, say to your soul right now, you are my daughter in whom I love, in whom I cherish, in whom I delight in. And you let that cause you to flee from your fantasies or giving your body away.
1: You let the love of the Father cause you to flee from those things. And you put on Christ, you are a cherished,
0: prized child of the living God. So live like it. Amen? Or maybe you're a lonely, frustrated guy right, who, all, so who one author says, you, you, you wonder why there's no woman to embrace you, or, or maybe your wife doesn't even embrace you, or maybe you're a single guy who's in a relationship and you are longing for the, for the woman in the relationship to embrace you. Listen, I get it. I know these desires. And in many ways, these desires are good, and they're from our Heavenly Father. But listen, don't enlist sinful thoughts in your mind to satisfy these desires. Don't put them there by fantasies. Don't put them there by a computer screen, or if you're a single guy, don't give your body away hoping that that woman who embraced is going to satisfy your desire to be wanted but instead you put on Christ, you put on the truth of his word that you are united with Jesus. You are one with him and he is in you and if you unite yourself to a computer screen or someone else, you know what you're doing? You're actually uniting Christ to that computer screen or that other person. You are bringing him into whatever you do. So why would we do this? Why would we want to do this? After all that Jesus has done for us, out of all that He's done to free us from sin and to redeem us and save us, why would we want to unite Him to a computer screen or the works of darkness? And say we put on faith that because of Christ, He has set you free from the power of sin. Amen? It doesn't own you. I know maybe right now you feel like it owns you and you're enslaved to it because it seems like it's, the power is just overwhelming. You're not controlled by sin anymore. He doesn't control you. He bore your sin. He has defeated your sin. And there is power today in his blood and spirit to set you free. You are free, so flee from it. Flee. And you put on the hope that one day soon, guys, I know the struggle, I know the desires, I know the fight, but keep on fighting because one day soon he's going to come and he's going to set us
1: free from the power and the presence of the sins once and for all. And when we see him, we'll finally be like him.
0: But today in the Kairos, you live in light of who you are. And who are you
1: guys? You are a child of light.
0: You are a dim, redeemed prince in God's kingdom who has a mighty word to help you fight the power and presence of sin. So live like it. And the next time an illicit thought comes into your mind, what do you do? You put on Christ and you capture it. Even if you verbally say, I capture it, Lord. Don't dwell on it. Because here's the deal, if you dwell on it, if you continue to think about it, you're actually going to feed it, and what are you going to do? You're going to give into it. And it's going to crush you. It's going to kill you. But instead, you put on Christ by saying, Lord, this is not of you. Guys, I can't tell you how many times some, some, some wicked and horrific thought comes into my mind and in the years past, I would dwell on it, I would think about it, and I'd even give in to it by thinking about it even more. I would walk around in the shame for days, being ashamed of even thinking about this. But now, you capture it. When it comes into your mind, you capture it and you say, Lord, this is not of you. I don't want it anymore. I want you. I want to be like you. And I give it to you, and you
1: take it away and you walk away. You flee from it. Church, the time to flee is now. The time is now. The time to cast off the works of darkness and live in light of who we
0: are in Christ is now for salvation. What? It's nearer, isn't it? It's coming. He's coming. And so today, right now, we are called to live in light of who you are. We are to live in the kairos. We are to live in the present. So let us pursue. Let us pursue the Father. Let us pursue each other. Let us today put on, as we go throughout the day, faith, hope, and love. Because what? Knowing and seeing and believing who the Father says to be true about us and His voice, what does it do? Transforms. Changes. Who are you? If you are in Christ, who are you? You are a child of the day. You are a child of light. You are a child of the king. You are a deeply loved child of God. You are a forgiven child of God. You are a righteous child of God. Why? Why? Because you are in Christ. I've used this illustration before, and I'll use it again. Colossians 3 tells us that we are hidden in Christ. I'm trying to find some sort of
1: object. Okay, here we go. This, this piece of bread is your life. It's who you are, right? That's Christ. What does the Father see? Who does he see now? He sees Jesus. He sees his death. He sees his obedience. He sees his righteousness. He sees his blood.
0: And you have now all that Jesus is and all that he's done is now yours because of why? Because you're in Christ. You're hidden in him. So if that is true for you, then let us live in light of that truth. Amen? And one day soon, when he comes and he creates and he restores all things back to the way in which it's be, you will become like him in all of his beauty, in all of his purity and all of his holiness.
1: So today, let's live like it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we are so, so thankful and grateful for this truth. That because of who we are in Christ,
0: the Father, we have your voice which says so many wonderful things about us even though, Father, we confess and know that we don't deserve it. the Father, when we know our true selves outside of the Christ, the reality and the truth is that, Father, as we have been looking in Your Word, that we are actually children uh,
1: by nature, children of wrath. The Father, we or your creation that has rebelled against
0: you, that we have sought after the things that you have created and we have turned to them and made them idols and we have worshipped them, we have found our, our value and worth and acceptance and love in the things that you have created. And all the time you said, here I am. I've created you to find all of these things in me. We have run after other things and what we deserve as a result of that is to be separated from you. We don't deserve your kindness. We don't deserve
1: your mercy. If we deserved your mercy, then mercy wouldn't be mercy. But here we are finding ourselves in this place where we're in desperate need of your grace and mercy. And
0: we hear your voice which says, all of this can be yours in my son Jesus. The love that you long for, I have in you and my son. The acceptance that you long for, I have in you, for you and my son. The value that you look for,
1: I value you and my son. Here's what I want us to do. I just feel like in this moment that we just need to stop and live in the Kairos. What is it that you need to hear from the Father?
0: Stop and listen to his voice. Stop and go to his word. Think about as you've hidden his word in your heart and what he says about Christ and what he says about you that you
1: put that on right now. That you listen to that. Maybe it has something to do with his love. Maybe it has something to do with, with your
0: tomorrow. The hope that you have in His future promises, whatever it may be,
1: I want you just to stop and I want you to reflect on His voice and who He says about you in Christ. And listen, if, if, you, need to, if you need to take this time and, and confess some things to your Father about living not in light of who you are, then do so. Just take a few moments. And reflect on the salvation that you have in Christ. The night that Jesus it's going to go to the cross. He was eating with his closest friends and followers.
0: And he takes a loaf of bread and he breaks it and he says, this is my body,
1: which is going to be broken for you.
0: And then he takes the cup and he says, this is my blood, which is going to be shed for you.
1: For the forgiveness of your sins and to redeem a people for myself. Friends, listen, if you are in Christ this morning. And what that means is if you are entrusting
0: in Christ as your only hope of salvation. That you're clinging to Jesus as your treasure. That you're clinging to Jesus as your only hope in this life and the life to come. That you're trusting in Christ to forgive you of your sin. That you're trusting Christ to make you new. That you're trusting in Christ to free you from the penalty and the power and the presence of sin.
1: He is your only hope of salvation that I want you to continue to to reflect and think about the voice of the Father
0: and what he says to be true about you because of Christ. That because his body was broken and because his blood was shed to redeem you, he's able to say to you this morning, if you're in Christ, you are my child, you are
1: my son, you are my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased, in whom I delight in, and whom I accept and whom I love. So just continue to think about the desires of your
0: heart and the things that you long for and maybe the things that you struggle to believe or the lies that maybe you believe about yourself. And you think about the Father's voice and what you desire you're gonna find in the Father. You're gonna find that love. You're you're gonna find that acceptance. You're gonna find that forgiveness. You're gonna find that value. You're gonna find that worth. You're gonna find that identity. That you've been looking for all your life. And that was purchased for you through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The Father can accept us this morning, just as we are, because of what Christ has done. That shows us the value and the worth of Jesus, doesn't it? Not necessarily our value and worth, it's His value and worth placed upon us. The Father may value and accept us and love us this morning. So if that's you, I want you just to stop, and I want you to continue to thank him and reflect on that and praise the Father and love the Father and put that on. You put on the armor of light. You put on Christ by listening to the voice of the Father. Now listen, if you are in here this morning and you do not know Jesus... And you're looking for something else ultimately for your value and your worth and your identity. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's sexual immorality. I don't know what it is this morning. But I'm here to tell you as a testimony, you won't find it in
1: those things. Whatever you're looking for. How do I know? I'm a walking example of that. So I'm here to tell you this morning, there is a God who
0: created all things, including you. And He created all of us to know Him and to find our acceptance and love and joy and identity and worth and value in Him. And He offers every single person who comes to His Son the opportunity to receive that tremendous worth and value and identity in His Son. So come to Him this morning. Come and cast off those works and put on the truth of Christ. Receive him, come to him, confess your need for him, confess your sin to him and receive all the things that he promises to give to you and do for you as a result of being in his son. And if that's you, if you do that, then I want you to come and I want you to celebrate his body
1: broken for you and his blood to purchase all of that for you. But Listen, if that's not where you are, I hope, I hope you come because those empty promises
0: of the thing that, that, that you're looking to are that's what they are. They're just empty promises and they will lead to your destruction. They will lead to a place ultimately that's moving you further and further and further away from what your heart desires because the only thing in your heart is going to satisfy your heart is
1: your creator who you can know through Jesus.
0: But that's you. I want you to stay and just reflect on what you've heard this morning. But if you're in Christ, when you're ready, I want you to come up and I want you to celebrate what the Father has done for you in his Son. There's two stations up front, two stations on back,
1: one station in the back. When you're ready, come and celebrate the goodness of your Father.